0: Welcome back to Watchmen Minute, where we are examining the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, One Blue Penis at a Time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast.
1: Uh, you just had to do that, day
0: <laughs> Obviously.
1: <laughs> I'm Eric Nash. <laughs> and I'm Josh Hanks.
0: So, Minute 77 starts with John's partially muscled skeleton in the hallway and ends with John appearing before the press. In all his glory.
1: He's had a bad day. He's really, (laughs) he's been through a lot.
0: Yeah. And there's no, uh, I forget if it's, let me see if it's in the, oh, it does say a few days later, partially muscled skeleton. So yeah, I don't know um, all, you know, from start to finish, how long of a process this takes, but uh, to reassemble himself. But, you know, I, I, I wonder when you see like uh, Wally and, Janie here in the cafeteria, you know, they're looking, she's looking, you know, sad and uh, understandably. um, Are there rumors going around this campus of like, oh, there was this weird blue, you know, skeleton that we saw? Or is it, it, are are those being considered like ghost stories or, you know, the whole circulatory system outside the fence? I mean, I got to wonder what's, what they're thinking in, in correlation to John's, you know death so
1: at this point it has to be kind of the worst kept secret on campus
0: <laughs> yeah so Janie asks John is that you and it's a very simple line um, I, I love the performance I love the the way the you know the audio it sounds it sounds as as if there would be so much you know noise in this room that you wouldn't be able to hear any anyone's you know voice you know, but I imagine he can hear her asking this and especially the way it kind of you know, kind of a close up on her face um but it struck me viewing this you know this these scenes this time around um that Alan Moore has written another character who has reassembled himself. Um Eric you may know what I, where I'm going with this but in his you know legendary now run on Swamp Thing uh, wow. okay. Alec Holland also reassembles himself from f you know from death in the form of Swamp Thing um but what you know the the amazing thing that Alan Moore did and what partially made that whole uh, run of the comics so incredible is that he reveals that Swamp Thing is not you know, a human man transformed into a plant monster. You know, Hmm. he reveals that, that the, you know, the, the chemicals and this process and this experiment that Alec Holland was working on, you know, created life in the swamp. So the plants or the, you know, the planarian worms that ate the decomposing, you know, brain of Alec Holland, Know absorbed his memories, and then those, you know, kind of fed into the the swamp, you know, the ecosystem, and then the plants took on those memories, and then once the the plants were reanimated, then the plants had memories of being Alec Holland and being a man. So it really got me thinking about you know seeing John Osterman coming back and seeing this you know collection of you know electrons and and all this stuff is could it be this collection of you know f- electrons who think they are John Osterman and you know thinking back to last minute you know he starts with a circulatory system and then he advances to you know skeleton and and musculature and it got me thinking like a does he have blood? If I can't imagine that Doctor Manhattan has blood, so why does he have a circulatory system? And then, you know, that got me that took me back to Swamp Thing and there was the anatomy lesson issue of the comic where they d- dissected Swamp Thing and found that he had organs and he had muscle tissues, but they were all just plants, you know, and because the plants were creating a body based on a human body you know the plants didn't need muscles yet they that's how they knew how to reassemble a human body was to create a skeleton and create muscles and and organs but they were just plant material they didn't function as as muscles so it really you know really makes me lean more into this idea that I'm not convinced that this really is John Osterman anymore. I, I think it could be these electrons that you know they mapped Osterman's brain when he was atomized, and they put themselves back together based on his you know his body. So,
2: and and hence him being so emotionally distant.
0: Yeah, yeah. In and, and that you know he as he loses his humanity, it's because. Maybe he's not human, so. But he still has those pretty,
1: pretty sizable manhood.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: That—that's that, the other thing I was going to say is that, you know you're talking about the other organs inside the body, <laughs> not, not the one that's <laughs> besides the 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 largest the epidermis. Mm.
0: Let, let's uh, talk
1: about the elephant in the room. Yeah.
0: yeah, sure. The the big blue elephant. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I, I think uh, I think a minute uh, or second 28 speaks for itself.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I, I see, you know, obviously you see, yeah, second 28 through like goes on to like second 32 or something like that. Um, This kind of – not quite like Christ-like pose, Um, mm-hmm. you know, because his arms More weren't... like
1: a Rome, Roman statue-esque yeah. pose, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, very, very chiseled abs. Like, I, I sure. really don't think that Joe or John really worked out to to this degree in his, you yeah. know, personal life, just based upon minute 76.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're able to reassemble yourself, I mean, why not go?
1: Why not be the best version of yourself, right. I guess, you right. know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's funny, like, seeing him in this, you know, very heroic or very. Um, you know, statuesque kind of pose, and I I can't see this without thinking of the the film companion, you know, the book, and it shows the this behind the scenes kind of scene of them filming this, and it's just a you know Billy Crudup in those those white pajamas with the blue LED lights all over it, standing like on an apple box in the middle of this room. <laughs> so it's a little hard for me to see this, you know, in its full heroic, you know, intended uh glory um without thinking of the that behind the behind the scenes kinda you know peeling back that curtain so I mean considering
1: that he spent the last three days like crawling in the hallways like reassembling himself you know to come back this way is you know eh. well, again we'll just suspend disbelief.
0: Yeah yeah.
2: Uh, as far as the dialogue of what he's saying, you know, he says, you know, oh this was seen this day. This this other, you know, thing was seen this other day. He's he's not talking. He's not, you know, using the word I.
0: Oh yeah. He's not yeah. saying
2: I was this. He, it's all this very narrative. Yeah. Separated from himself, as he was.
0: It's hmm. a good point because it it strengthens my uh, my theory mm-hmm. that this is not John Osterman. <laughs> I like it.
2: You're gonna get our own little uh, <laughs> Yeah. Han Han is Indy or Indy is Han, yeah, or however yeah. that goes now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um should we move on to the news anchor? Yep. Okay.
2: Portrayed by Clay Saint Thomas. Yep. Interesting name. Hmm. You got Susan St. James, so <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, several of his acting credits are reporters and news anchors. It's kind of uh. like, you know, like you know, you have a lot of times like certain actors will just play cops or military guys very, you know, it's it, that, uh, even in his in Clay St. Thomas's Twitter bio, it says uh played itinerant broadcasters in a bunch of films and shows you haven't even seen. So, he's uh, another uh Canadian guy, but I didn't see a bunch of uh our, you know, our Regular shows like in his uh, lineup, but uh, yeah, not
2: quite as many. The, yeah. the the like the Da Vinci's Inquest and Outer Limits were, mm-hmm. and and once once Stargate in Smallville, okay, they not were sure. in there. But there's there's a ton of others, right? Yeah, there, a bit lesser
0: known. Yeah, I googled I googled him as well, and it, it looks like he puts himself out there a lot for like his voice work. And, uh, he actually works at, uh, JRFM. It's a radio station out of Vancouver. I'm assuming he's on the air since he's, um, I guess also does a lot of voice work. So yeah, that's Clay St. Thomas. So, um, obviously the important part about what he's saying here is the, the bit about, you know, Superman exists and he is American. So you guys got anything on that? Uh, on that awesome statement.
1: Yeah. I mean, who issued the press release? (laughs) I I wonder how that, that came about, but I mean, have they been looking for Superman to kind of save them from, you know, their cold war nemesis? Uh, you know, obviously I'm coming here as kind of a, a, neophyte. Um, but you know, uh, we found Superman. I instantly, you know, go back to the Superman of my youth, but obviously we're on a different movie. So, um, do I have anything else? No, but it's you know it does strike me as odd that they would announce that on the evening news.
0: Mm. Well, and and it definitely we're I think we're obviously we're meant to drum up thoughts of Superman, you know the the character Superman, um, yeah. and in this reality, um, in the in the world of Watchmen, you know DC Comics did or does exist. Um, Superman, we we we've seen a Batman comic, you know. Um, in the movie, and I know that there's mention of uh, uh, like similar type type things, and and the interesting part about like the comics in this universe are that the superhero genre kind of went the way of you know, I mean superheroes are are the big thing in comics for us, and it kind of pushed out things like westerns and romance comics in, in the fifties and sixties. But in this, you know, nineteen eighty-five alternate, you know, Watchmen universe, the because there were real, you know, real people running around in costumes being heroes, that kind of did away with, you know, the it it really canceled the superhero genre in you know, the comic book universe here. So um things like pirates and westerns, you know, became more more popular. So um when he says, you know, the Superman exists, I don't think he's talking about, you know, the the big blue Boy Scout with the, you know, who wears his underwear outside his pants. He's talking about like more of like the Nietzschean right. Ubermensch, you know, the the Superman. So
1: That makes a lot more sense. <laughs>
0: and we'll we'll definitely revisit this statement um a little bit later in the movie, so I don't wanna really get into it now, um Eric, unless you have something on more on on where the you know this statement um is going but
2: uh no yeah, nothing yeah on the statement itself the only other thing I'd add about the uh the uh the anchor there, um, just just that you know he's he's pretty much at that time in the sixties. It just makes me want to think of a you know he's kind of trying to be like a Walter Cronkite, but without the mustache essentially, <laughs> and with glasses. But he would remove his glasses a lot.
0: Yeah, I and mean, this is this is going to be one of those statements that it will will I'm sure become timeless. You know, mm-hmm. I remember where uh, where I was when I heard, you know, so-and-so say Superman exists and he's American. This is the, uh, you know, one of those JFK announcements or that kind of thing, kind of mm-hmm. statements. So.
2: so then it cuts to this kind of like a press conference where he's at a microphone and Wally Weaver's stand next to his side and a few others, like maybe generals, admirals, what have you. Of the different services, yep. I guess. K- kind of more behind him, even. Yeah, yeah. Wally's at a side, but they're behind him.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, I have a few questions here. Like, why isn't Janie up here? I mean, she was a scientist along with them. Um, and it also looks like Wally is smelling something unpleasant. Like, this look on his face. Like, at first, I... I thought, oh, he looks like he's oh, yeah. got this air of like uh, superiority, but then the more I look at it, it just looks like he's uh, and then I start to wonder like does dr. Manhattan smell <laughs> so
1: I mean everything goes back to smell and and yeah, I, 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 yeah. There, there's got to be so much of it going on here, <laughs> <laughs> and these are smells that you know like we can't even like uh, we can't even believe are coming out of this thing I mean can you imagine how Bad that cafeteria smells after just what <laughs> what just happened. Right. I mean, meanwhile, everyone's just shitting their pants when they see this thing happen right in front of them, too. So yeah.
0: it's oof. And I guess we get the final part of the line. They call me Doc. So I kinda <laughs> like just leaving it there. You know? Yeah. And uh, um, what's up, Doc? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and does he really even need a microphone? <laughs> he he should just be able to talk loud enough for everyone to hear yeah. in our own ears,
1: what we need to hear. Right. Yeah. You think, he's, I mean, he's got to have like some kind of superhuman, like internal speakerphone or something that mm. like a megaphone, if you will. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Otherwise it's a flaw in his own design.
0: Right. Yeah. Of course, wouldn't he, I mean, he would blow their minds if he, you know, increased his size and was like, you know, 50 feet tall in this moment, just to, just to show them like what he can do. I mean, that would, that would, that would, uh, would, uh that would be quite the introduction to the world. But. He has a pretty good tailor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's
1: a nice suit, and he doesn't really need that. I mean, it's definitely not a Banana Brothers suit <laughs> a Banana Republic suit.
0: Yeah, it's bespoke. It is bespoke.
1: <laughs> nice three button. Got the pocket square and everything. I, I mean, did he put that work in? Does he have that style? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty yeah. you know superior being. Does yeah. he just
2: need to see it in a magazine, or does he actually need like the the uh, the sewing prints thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, could you imagine he goes into some like Italian suit supply store and the guy's like having to prick him with the pens and everything to make <laughs> sure this thing fits, and the guy's like, "What the, f-? you know, what is happening? <laughs> I need answers." Yeah. But he obviously had to do this before the announcement, and you know, they had to they must have had to sign that guy to a non disclosure agreement of some yeah. kind. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more you know.
0: That's right. Well, um, do we have anything else?
2: Uh, the only thing, all the way back at the beginning essentially is when uh, I was i was just really curious about that the shot that's following this guy. Oh, okay, yeah. He's walking in getting ready to go through those doors I guess, but I guess the John being there in his weird skeletal or whichever form that is, the um I guess he notices it kind of off to the side and makes him look and that's when the this camera following him then does this, this swivel pan.
0: Yeah, thing. yeah.
1: So but, you it's know, just he's very pretty well. He's pretty well formed in the hallway. So, yeah, you know, I mean we we start outside. He's like you know looks to be in the yard. He's you know reassembling himself. You see the circulatory system, and then suddenly he somehow gets inside. Yeah, so he must have walked in before this guy to the door.
0: Well, he's he can after he like slams his arm against the wall. He you know flashes and disappears because he's already already, I guess, learned or developed the ability to teleport himself. So, yeah, but yeah, maybe he could have stumbled in. I mean,
1: you're right. You're right. He could have teleported himself from outside in. Yeah, you're, you're. But I right. do,
0: th- I mean, I don't know, because as we see throughout the movie, when he teleports, he creates a lot of disturbance, you know, papers mm-hmm. flying and, and it do- I'm guessing he hasn't teleported in here because he would have probably caused a... the guy
1: you know i mean the guy walking in the door would have obviously seen like some kind of bright blue flash yeah. or yeah. some kind of flashpoint meanwhile the janitor would have already ran away <laughs> yeah. you know but meanwhile the janitor <laughs> just sitting there and he's like should i keep mopping like is this... <laughs> right uh, i i mean am i fired like it's like the <laughs> end of the world and he's just still he's diligently holding this mop like yeah. just you know I mean, he does. You know, you see, as the guy transports himself, he's still holding the mop. He hasn't even had the even the instinct to flee.
0: Yeah, even as he like falls backwards, he does not let that mop you know hit the ground. So that's the the creed of the the (laughs) janitorial.
1: The janitorial staff is fairly dedicated. No, that same man tries to go clean up that cafeteria too. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what what struck me so much, uh you know if I may on on second seventeen, you know she's looking at the spoon you know and and the knife, and she's seeing the spark, and I just wonder from the back of her brain you know she kind of knows what happened to him, and yeah. she kind of wonders, is this the time, is he coming back, or you know what what about his death? Does she really know, and, and Travis, you probably have a bit more insight into that than I do
0: um well, that's kind of what i what I started talking about, like is she hearing the rumors about this blue, you know, ghost that's in the hallways. And is that, you know, is she wondering what, you know, what could have happened to John? I mean, yeah, we, we don't know, you know, what anyone's thinking. I mean, we don't know if there's uh, any anticipation on his return, you know, so it's all it's all a genuine surprise when he does just, you know, ruin everyone's lunch.
1: Yeah. wonder if they got their money back?
0: I would I would hope so. They probably got they probably sent everyone home for the day and
1: I would there I and it's pretty been a fairly traumatic experience. They <laughs> definitely had like kind of some kind of grief counselor there the next day. That <laughs> right. was you know, they had a you know, they had a memo that circulated around like hey, you know, after, you know, yesterday's disturbance, if you need someone to talk to, come come on over to the counselor's office and you know, we'll we'll provide
0: the scotch. Yeah. I do like the casual floating by of the spoon at second you know, as she's saying, you know, John, is that you? This this spoon goes just floating past the past her face. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. like that. That's nice.
1: It's nice touch. And you know, like some guy in California had to spend like three days animating that oh, yeah. damn spoon.
0: Yeah. yeah and then no that spoon
1: itself was at least like a hundred thousand dollars of animation time. <laughs> like, did we really need the spoon? Like we're over budget.
0: Mm we got to get it right. You're right. We're making art here.
1: Big blue
2: penis art.
0: That's right. All right. Um, anything else? I'm good. All right. I'm good. Let's see. Listeners, you should uh, definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Watchman Minute and let us know what you think Dr. Manhattan smells like.
1: And please guess the size of... Dr. Manhattan.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Um, Josh, where can they find you?
1: They can find me, uh, on watchinista.com. Uh, W A T C H O N I S T A. Uh, or you can find me, uh, on Instagram at just Josh Shanks.
0: Very cool. Um, I also did real quick want to share, we got some, uh, iTunes reviews that I just thought I'd, uh, Share this episode. And uh I don't know if I read one of these already in a previous episode, so I will pretend that I didn't and edit it out if I need to, but um, we got two here. One is from a DWK the second, I think, and it says, Great look at an underrated movie with five stars, and he says, or he or she says, uh, Travis and Eric are doing a great job of analyzing and breaking down Watchmen, the 2009 Zack Snyder adaptation of Alan Moore's grand, groundbreaking tale. It's an underrated movie and it's nice to hear two guys who genu- genuinely enjoy it and give it the attention I think it deserves. And then the second one is from Shivering King 8 says great hosts, great show, 5 stars. Uh, Travis and Eric are fantastic hosts, and they do an excellent job of breaking down this maybe controversial movie along with a great selection of guests. Keep it up. Um, Yeah. So thank you to those folks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, There were – I think there are two other reviews, but I think they must have come in through uh, different countries. Um, I know in iTunes you can choose what which country you're located in and then see other reviews, but you know, I tried Canada and I tried England and I mean the UK and and didn't find those reviews. So maybe they came through from a different uh different country. So, you know, if you do leave us a review, you know, feel free to share it to us in an email, screenshot it and send it to us in an email or tweet at us and you know, I definitely wanna give people, you know, the proper shout-outs if uh, if, you know, give credit where credit's due, but yeah, I can't uh, I can't be bothered to investigate every country looking for iTunes reviews. Ooh. <laughs> so. There
2: should, there should be some kind of service that would allow that uh, to Yeah, be it's done
0: weird quickly. that you can't just see every review if it's left from another country like then you have to jump through hoops to find it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, Josh, uh thank you again for joining us and especially, you know, uh uh yesterday with all the, the watch information and uh yeah, I'm I'm really glad we were able to put this together.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's been it's been a joy. I hope uh hope we can do it again sometime.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess um I guess before we go, we typically ask our guests what uh, their history is with the book and or the movie. So I'm um, I'm guessing you've never read the book.
1: Oh, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I uh, you know wish I could say I've read the book and I wish I could say I've watched the movie multiple times. But I do believe I saw it in theaters uh, okay. about 10 years ago. Uh, it was a lot and there's a lot going on. <laughs> and as I would never read the comic book, I never truly understood. Um, but I am definitely going to be going home in the next uh, few days and you know, asking the wife if we can uh, if we can put it on
0: right on. Alright, I think we are gonna get out of here and be back on Wednesday for minute seventy-eight. So until then, who watches the Watchmen? We do. We do. Watchmen are over.